Hi, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, licensed speech and language pathologist, homeschooling mom of two, still kind of on a summer break, not really-ish, and a wife of one. I guess by now you guys are wondering who the heck is this over here? It's my parenting partner, y'all. Pray for me. Uh, Marcel is here today with us. Hello, everybody. She finally got me on the other side of the camera. Normally, I'm just running everything behind the camera. We'll see how this goes. Pray for us, y'all. So, guys, we are getting into just parenting pros, talking about the stuff that goes really well. You know, I'm going to touch the stuff that doesn't go quite that well. And I think one of the things that we learned first was that we don't get to steer the parenting ship alone at all. We do not get to be in the driver's seat all the time. Don't look at me. Uh, I like being the leader of the army, but I have to learn that. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to lead the army all the time when you have kids and, and you got this parenting partner but, you know, Raising Sugars, it seriously isn't a one-man show. And to the world changers who are out there doing it solo because you just ended up in that space or you decided to be in that space, whatever it is, I tip my hat off to you. I really do. We really do. I don't know how you do it. And God bless you. And, and we stay praying for you. But there is someone else, world changers, who wants the power. Notice I'm only talking to you. Other people that want that power, they have they got input, opinions. And that's this guy. <laughs> and let us be honest, some things come easy. We agree. On the other hand, some sometimes we just don't agree. Nope. It could be something as simple as how you were holding the baby. Why did you breathe on him like that? Why did you DDT the poor kid? <laughs> you were with him for an hour and the house looks like. Yep, the house looks like a mess, but they are perfectly okay. Standards, y'all. <laughs> Standards. <laughs> so, Today, Marcel is with us, a.k.a. my pumpkin, a.k.a. Sale. He is here, and he's going to hang out with us, answer some questions, take over. What would you like to say to the people? I would just like to say that it is definitely fun times <laughs> with this one here. As all of you listeners already know, she keeps it fun. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, there are times where, ooh, it gets real. Yeah. And really it's not that fun. Really real. And it's, it's not fun. Nope. We go to our separate corners. We fuss it out in our heads. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I fuss it out in my head because that's how I deal with stuff. Uh, probably Don't get more into that later. <laughs> <laughs> but we come back together and we just continue to choose to to work through the items. Yes. Choose. Yep. Choose. The main thing. Choose. Choose. And so you guys know I have a big personality. 
And my husband has a big personality in a much different way. His personality shows in his creations. My personality shows in the stuff I say and in the stuff that I write, which can be a little bit much for someone who's a little bit more reserved. And so I had to quickly learn how to scale back my thoughts and my ideas to invite my husband to give his thoughts and ideas. And we're not yellers. We don't scream. We're not ranters. We don't do that. But words can sometimes not be a yeller or scream and not Still hurt. Still hurt. Yep. So. Down here in the soul. Your soul's down there, dude. Isn't that? That's your heart. Touches the heart. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So we're going to talk about how we got from, I'm going to do it my way to, let's just, let's just try this together. Um, Let's get into this together. So I'm going to start off by asking a question. Now, are you more comfortable? Do you want to ask a question to me and we can exchange? What would you like to do for the people? No, I think you can start off asking the questions. So what is your parenting style? I know what it is, but the people don't. So you got to. I don't want to tell the people. Okay, I'll tell the people. <laughs> this is usually how it goes. I, you know, jabber a little bit and pretend not to be compliant. But so my parenting style, I came from a place where I was an only child. So although I call myself a social introvert, <laughs> <laughs> to where I am perfectly happy being social, but at the same time, I don't mind being alone and just doing my own thing. So when it comes to raising the kids, I have the tendency to be able to, you know, ignore antics and just kind of let things ride until they get to a point to where I'm like, okay, I can't even take anymore. And then I might blow up a little at, oh, I'm sorry, a little sugar. I don't know if I'm going to use that, y'all. I know she uses a little sugar, but... Do what you want with your life. Do what you want with your life. They're going to come out as kids probably more than likely. Anyway, let's see. (laughs) So <laughs> I tend to sit back and observe more and then step in when I need to. And that's that's probably where I'm at. I don't know. Do you want to fill in anything I missed? Is that did I quite catch? That sounds about right. So he is my polar opposite because I am hands on and I am let's avoid all conflict before conflict happens because we can live harmoniously if we talk. (laughs) And so for an introvert who is not naturally inclined to talk, and I am an extrovert, which means I am always going to talk, the kids get two different worlds, totally two different worlds, two different personalities, and they approach us according to how we communicate. Because I like to talk, they are more likely to come up to me and start talking and sharing thoughts and ideas and just going somewhere into the fairy and pixie land dust place. Whereas with him, they'll just come up to him and like slam him down or beat him upside the head or kick him or do something. A little more physical roughhousing. Yeah. I am from the school of you just don't do that. You, you don't touch adults. And so 
I am like, please don't touch me, but we can talk <laughs> unless you're looking for hugs and high fives and things like that. So it took a while for all of us to be comfortable with, I don't have to parent like you and mm -hmm. you don't have to parent like me. And the kids kind of get to make the decision for themselves how they want to engage you know with the world. Which is funny because they are, they are definitely a mix in their own ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think for us, it, it really did come down to being cool with having our own individuality without like imposing our style on the other person. Right. Um, but, but, the, but also seeing from the other person's end. I think I'm jumping ahead, but seeing from the other person's and their perspective so that you're not just one sided on everything. Absolutely. And sometimes adopting some stuff. So like Marcel was saying, you were like, I ignore stuff. So I've gotten to the point now to where sometimes I just pretend like I don't hear anything. I hear everything that's going on. If those two are ranting with each other, I might pretend like I didn't hear anything. You can fix it on your own. I'm not coming in here because I feel like at this point, our sugars are old enough to kind of like know how to navigate themselves. But when they were much younger, I found myself like interjecting a lot more and getting in the middle of things because I felt like we needed to model what we wanted them to do and how we wanted them to behave at this at that time. But now I don't necessarily feel that way. I feel like I can kind of let them fight it out. And we've heard some fights, um, some good ones. And I usually laugh on the other side of the wall. <laughs> and, and until it gets to that point to where they feel like they need a moderator, that's when we, we come in or one of us will come in. But I have to say, you said that you usually blow up, but I feel like you're not as explosive anymore. I think that goes into, like I said, adopting each other's styles. So I've learned how to interject uh, into a situation, although, you know, I might sit back a little more and, you know, just kind of listen and observe when I hear certain things going on, like you said, trying to do what we can to model because my son, he likes to go from zero to 100 really quick, especially with his sister. Um, they... <laughs> Don't agree on a lot of how to do things. She thinks she's the mama and she likes to, she kind of takes on my, uh, my personality of, I am a taskmaster. So it's, you need to do this. Then you need to do this. Then you need to do that. And for the most part, you probably need to do it in this way and that way. And then if you don't do it my way, uh, we may bump into some heads. Funny enough, she never follows any of our instructions. Go figure. <laughs> Right. So I've actually learned to interject and be like, well, Christians, she did say that she didn't like that. And I've heard her say that several times. You might want to not do that. So it's been a it's been a little bit of a mix to where it's why I might not blow up as much anymore because I don't have to tamp things down. Like you said, you interject early and then keep things a little more peaceful. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so. That was about the kids, um, which is super important. But world changers, we've learned that in order to be healthy for our sugars, that we have to be healthy for ourselves. 
Um, our relationship has to be healthy. And it doesn't just, for me, it doesn't just come from like parents who live in the same household. It's also if you and your parenting partner are no longer together, like you still are raising this sugar. You still have this responsibility. You still have to communicate. There's still these demands that are placed on you in a much different way. And learning how to disagree. It's easy to agree. Everybody agrees. Everybody's happy, right? It's easy when things are easy. Right. (laughs) And when it's time to start disagreeing, that's when it gets tricky. This is for people living in the same house. This is for people, again, who aren't living in the same house. So we're going to kind of tackle now, like, how did we learn how to disagree? Um. And how has this changed over time? And I can answer this question first since you were nice enough to answer the last question first. Mm-hmm. Um, so disagreement for me and my house, what was modeled was you just say what you don't like. You don't necessarily beat around the bush. You aren't necessarily mean, but you're candid. You're candid. You're upfront about what you don't like. And I think what I learned, what can happen in that is not necessarily a bad thing, but it definitely leaves out the space for interpretation. Um, because if I interpret an, an action on his part and I make it based on what I feel or what I thought he was communicating or not communicating, again, this is an introvert, so he's not always going to use words with me. And I'm a person who likes words. Um, and so this would cause huge disagreements because I would misinterpret what it was that you were thinking or what you were trying to convey, or in some cases you weren't even paying attention at all. At all. Yep. Mm-hmm. Didn't even notice it. Yep. Yeah. Right over my head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I've had to learn how to take that candid behavior and instead of blowing up and just saying, I don't like that you did this, but being specific about my emotions or my feelings around something or even scaffolding a little bit. And I know we often use that term for us educators and professionals out there who are listening. We usually use scaffolding for our kids and like, I'm scaffolding for information, but the same holds true for the adults. Like you want to kind of, it's like a nice way of saying like, I'm filling out the room. I'm filling out the space. I want to know where you were coming from before I go off. (laughs) Before I do stupid, I just like to know where were you coming from? Um, What was your mindset in this situation? Exactly. Where were you? Because if you tell me where you were, I've learned that I could probably roll with where you were like, oh, you were, you were out to lunch and then we can start coming to a resolve. How about for you? So I came from the opposite, being an only child. Um, What was modeled for me was confrontations would happen, but then people would go into their separate corners and you would mull it over in your head and probably make up your own thoughts on how the situation should go or should have gone. And then you let it blow over after some time and then nothing ever really gets resolved. So that was kind of the approach I took in, but then coming from or being a partner to somebody who is (laughs) so candid and forward. One, (laughs) I had to develop a little bit of a thick skin and know 
that sometimes it was just her talking frustrated and it wasn't necessarily meant to be demeaning my character. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it's so funny because it's so true. <laughs> but at the same time, knowing that I had to grow into learning that for her communication style, I needed to say something. Uh, even if it wasn't a lot. Like, at times, I don't really say a whole lot. It's just, I might say a short few phrases, but whatever I said is pretty much what I mean. And outside of trying to extrapolate on that, probably there's no more to be said. Um, so that's, I guess, what she was talking about when it comes to scaffolding for information. <laughs> so she might ask follow-up questions to get more out of me because I just don't flow like that. Um, and then I think the second thing for me was it takes me a little bit to process and get out my thoughts. So if somebody is coming at me and just talking and expressing it, if they if they interject while I'm trying to get out my thought, oh my my thought is gone. Like it's all the way, you know, flown away, hundred miles away. So we've had to learn how to pause between, you know, asking questions and answering or simple Simple things like she'll say now, all right, did you have any more to add before she continues? And that helps me, you know, finish up before I have to think about trying to answer something else. That's true. Um, not only is it true, but it's it's taken a lot of bumps and bruises for both of us. Oh, it's been a learning process. Ooh, geez, mm -hmm. To get to that place, to even feel comfortable. And I think that because... You are probably my bestest friend, not even probably, we could take the probably out. You are my bestest friend in the whole wide world that it wasn't hard for me to be like, I want to learn how to learn you. And so a big part of learning how to disagree was learning to learn him. And, and learning to learn her. Yeah. And actually learning to learn ourselves individually on our own, you know, communication styles. And she always mentions things that you bring into the relationship. Like that is one of the big things you bring in is yeah. how you were raised, how you react to certain situations and, and how you deal with conflict. Right. And so I think it's changed for us over time because one, we were motivated to have a healthy marriage. Like that was super, True. that was super motivating. Um, and then two, we've got these little people. And so we're watching the best and the worst of ourselves in them. And so to me, words, as much as I do talk and share my thoughts and ideas, I've learned that modeling is going to supersede anything that I say, anything that I do. And so we're able to model and work through very simple things without it becoming a thing. Like, I don't feel like I'm trying, I'm being controlled if he tells me he wants to do stuff a different way or if he wants to drive a different direction. Ooh, the driving. Jesus. <laughs> the driving in the directions. But like, that's an area that I've had to learn how to yield back. And again, big personality, sharing my thoughts and ideas, not realizing that if I share every last thing that comes on the forefront of my mind, I'm going to get overwhelmed. Yep. Now I might just shut down on you and just not say anything but like, okay, I'll let you do you over there and just going to still go and do me. That was another thing I had to learn 
as well about myself. That's why we were going bye. <laughs> and so it took it definitely took time to get to that space to a be comfortable enough with ourselves to advocate for, for ourselves and feel like this person isn't going to be judgmental or want me to change out of my character. Because as much as we have changed our processes in learning how to disagree with each other and being cool with how we disagree with each other, nobody's ever asked the other person to be something that they're not. Right. There's, there's never been that conversation. Well, if you just did it my way, then we would be so much better off because honestly, for anything, there is no one way to do it. And that's unrealistic, unrealistic expectations. Right. Right. It, it really is. And I think for the kids, them watching, like they get it, but it's one of those things again, like who knows what their parenting partner will be like one day and like what they're going to have to get rid of and learn in order to live in harmony. So we have had a plenty of disagreements, but I think it definitely came from a lot more learning and a lot more listening and honestly taking that time to learn and to listen. And for me, not to just see blanket behavior and make an assumption. Right. Yeah, I think we covered that. Mm -hmm. What was our biggest challenge? Mm -hmm. I think our biggest challenge, well, I'll start with myself and then I'll let you respond for that one. Um, my biggest challenge was not getting back into old habits once we did learn, you know, a better way of operating. Um, so me, I try to avoid conflict usually at all times. <laughs> <laughs> so just coming out front and being like, I didn't like the way you did this. Or if I've done something that maybe I didn't even know about and Sharita comes to me and says, I don't like the way you did this. Not just being like, sorry, all right, have it your way. I'm just going to go over here and <laughs> kind of sulk in the corner and then wait for things to blow over and come back to <laughs> to where we were, hoping things will just smooth over without even doing anything. So that was definitely not working in the beginning. <laughs> it, Recipe for disaster. It took a while to figure that out. So like you said, we bumped heads for a while. So me not getting back into that space and just being like, all right, hold on, give me a second. Um, and then we'll come and talk about it later. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, I think your biggest challenge for me is not getting an answer right when I wanted an answer. Mm. Woo-wee. Yeah. That was probably... Like me having like two-year-old tantrums, <laughs> adult tantrums, <laughs> because again, you, I come from a household where everybody shares their thoughts and ideas. Like you're quick on your toes. Quick. All the time. You're me, quick on your toes. Take a second. Process that. How are you feeling? I don't know. I didn't deal with feelings growing up. Feeling? I don't know. I just did it. Feeling? Right. Well, you can look at my face and tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you how I'm feeling. <laughs> <laughs> right her feelings they're all over her face all right <laughs> so not getting an answer being cool with not getting an answer right when i wanted an answer when i thought i should have an answer 
when I thought I should have a resolve. And this didn't like just, this wasn't just slated for conflict. This was, what do you want for dinner? You don't have an answer. (laughs) (laughs) It's been 10 hours. We've been up. We don't know. What do you mean? We don't know. And so like, I think that that was definitely a big challenge. And again, my explosive personality and his laid back personality. Well, if I'm consistently being explosive, then guess what he's going to want to do? Consistently shy away. They're like, girl, you're too much for me. <laughs> I need a break from you. I'm comfortable with that. And sometimes I'll even look at him and say, you need a break. I'll see you later. <laughs> it's all in love. It's all in love. It and in that mm-hmm. way, when we come back together, we're cool. But it's never, I can honestly say that it's never a blow up in those spaces. It literally just comes from time yeah um lots of time mm-hmm. lots and lots of time of finally getting tired of practicing the old stuff and being like okay what do we need to do differently right and i think one of the things we've learned is about you know making sure that we are not blowing up each other when we disagree is just to have everyday conversations. I know it's hard when everybody has tasks going on. You got to get one kid here, another kid here. This person drives to work every day, but this person stays home with the kids all day or in the pandemic. Okay. I'm still trying to get my work done, but everybody is over here asking me to do stuff. So it's taking me away in multiple directions is to still find that time to take a 20, 30 minute walk or 20, 30 minute sitting off by yourselves without the kids or any other uh, external factors so that you can just talk about your day even because even just talking about your day and what you are going through during that day and seeing, you know, any challenges your uh, parenting partner is having just in life in general, that can give you a better perspective on why didn't they take out the trash uh, when they were done? Oh, because they were doing X, Y, and Z. So it gives more space for grace. This has definitely been a lot of grace. That was, an, that was nicely put. More space for grace. <laughs> Get a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> you said it. Yes, I did. <laughs> but I think that even in the challenge, you can find ways to not only get past those feelings and emotions and not just get past those feelings and emotions, but not just shirk over and feel like, again, that you have to go to your own corner, but that you can learn how to still comfortably be yourself and like kind of etch out what it is. I like it. Just insightful. (laughs) Would you like to ask the next question? How have you learned to balance out instilling your morals and values into your, I guess I'll use sugars. It's not cute to behave like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's just not cute. That's a great question. I think that from the time that we knew we were pregnant with our first child, I was like, life is on hold to take care of this human. But then there was a flag on the plane. Because life 
and bills Mm -hmm. and I was in grad school. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't get to necessarily stop. And so I learned how to adapt to our life circumstances and decided to be super intentional about the time I did have with her. Um, And then when our son came along, then it was kind of like he just fell into, he just, I don't know, it seems like he's always been around, but we have to remember that there was almost four years he wasn't. (laughs) But um, as far as like instilling our morals and our values or what I wanted to instill most was time, lots of time, um, strength of character, serious strength of character, a heart of service, um, children who love the Lord with all their heart, um, and to be educated, not just to like soak up a bunch of knowledge for the sake of like soaking up knowledge, but to literally know how to take information and critically think about it, problem solve, be analytical, challenge processes, um, recognize injustices, take care of the least of these. And so I think that those were the things that I wanted to do most for them. And so I've always tried to like work around their lives to make sure that I'm able to do that. I think for me, kind of the similar um, to where we were on the same page with wanting to instill good character in our kids um, as far as people who, you know, were able to interact with anybody around them, um, able to, you know, make friends wherever they go and, you know, not judge others uh, when they're at their worst, you know, but hope uh, that they, you know, and encourage them to do their best. And then I think for me, the one thing I wanted to focus on was making sure that whatever gifts and talents that I saw in them, that I'm constantly there to help them along that process. Um, Whether that's me, you know, looking up something on the internet and trying to halfway learn it myself so that I can (laughs) teach it more to them. A lot of that goes on. A lot of that goes on. (laughs) (laughs) But at the same time, like I said earlier, I'm a more taskmaster. So when I do see their gifts and talents, I just want to get it out of them. And (laughs) sometimes Michael, a little bit, a little bit overboard. (laughs) So uh, having to dial that back and realize that not everybody's going to do the same thing the same way, but to still at least give them the tools along the way, you know, different tools for doing it a certain way. Um, and then they can kind of fall into how they like to do certain things. So I think that's true. And I think one of the conversations that we started having and I started, I kind of started like flagging, flagging on the task. Um, let's make sure they love what they do. Yeah. Every step of the way. Um, because don't make it not fun for them. That that was the key term. (laughs) (laughs) They're having fun with this. But please, don't make it not fun for them. <laughs> Stop mm. them. My bad. <laughs> like, look at the guys over there whimpering. <laughs> I think it's time to ease up a little bit. <laughs> but it's it's a beautiful thing because we're, again, so uniquely different. 
Um, but we definitely had the same kind of like expectations as far as character and who they are um, and being able to really dial into that um, and making sure that they are, um, they're doing their gifts to the best of their knowledge and they're using their gifts to the best of their ability and that we're giving them like the tools and the values. And even if you do have, and we do have different ways of going about like instilling our morals and our values into them, not putting one down over the other. (laughs) And I think that that is a big area that people disagree in that we've seen that like maybe one parenting partner wants to go this way and the other one wants to go that way. But you can you can agree on some things and then those areas that are gray areas, that's when it's important to like sit down and hash it out and even decide if like some of the stuff that you're trying to instill in them, it, whether it's you or the the people that you came from, right? Your family that you left to go and live and live with and make your family with and have your children with. And so like even challenging like some of your own things. And I know I've challenged some of the things that I learned along the way, um, just making sure that I'm not always so hard on the kids if they make a mistake, if they don't do X and having to really check myself behavior that I learned and learning how to seriously show them grace and be like, you know what, it's okay to make a mistake. It's okay to, um, for all of us to make mistakes, none of us are are without mistake or without fault. And so just being comfortable with that process and not putting that demand on them to feel like because you're good at something that you must be perfect in all all things, right? right? And so I think that that was one of the things that we learned together. And how to manage, you know, both of our kids have high expectations for themselves. Um, Yes. How to, going along that, how to manage when, Something comes easy to them for so long. You know, when you have a gift of something, but you're going to get to a certain point. Plateau. Where you're going to need a little push <laughs> to get over the hill to get to the next point. And that point, ooh, that point is real for both for both of them. They, you know, in their own ways will just have a meltdown. And sometimes when you see the gift in them, you don't want to, when they're going through that meltdown, you don't want to either drive them to that meltdown when you say, why are you not doing it right this way? You know, you can do it, you know, making sure you're not adding to that, their Tiger own dad. anxiety. <laughs> and then to let them know that, you know what, put it down for now. It's okay. You've done really well up to this point. That comes to the learning how to talk part that I learned from her. Um, <laughs> you're doing okay. Put it down right now and you come back to it. And I get it, guarantee that once you keep practicing at it, you'll, you know, pick it up. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yes. Um, but it just, it comes naturally. I think too, the other way that we were able to instill our morals and values in the kids, not just recognizing gifts and talents and the way that we wanted to raise them up. Also the, the area of us always being united. Right. And not sending mixed messages. So one of the biggest things that's worked, you know, for, for us, we all carry around smartphones or have our Apple watches or computers in front of us to where we're getting, you know, we can easily send messages back and forth to one another. So one thing that works for us, even when we're having disagreements, like kids have not known when we've really been actually 
at each other's throats. They have no clue. But <laughs> on the outside, to them, everything is perfectly normal. So this is this is how I get to that. We will send text messages back and forth to one another, uh, expressing our feelings, emotions, frustrations, or even when we're not frustrated at each other, if one kid has done something and they're in the house per se, and you know the other one is out and about doing work or you know out just even the back room type thing, we'll send a message like, "Uh oh, this one's on their way, and they've done <laughs> such and such." That way. When it comes to connected <laughs> partnership and raising together, even if you're not in the same household, if, you know, a big event happened, like it's so-and-so, you know, they were having a bad day, they did this, so I reprimanded them for it. Just sending that message, they're like, oh, okay, when they come to me, I know where it's space that they might be in, and right. I can either, you know, let it ride and let them calm down. <laughs> like, they've already been reprimanded by one parent. Do I really need to step in and add on? Sometimes, Yes. Sometimes, no, just like, all right. So I know what happened. And they're sitting there like, wait, how do you know what happened? Uh, you weren't even there. Like, we know all. We know everything. <laughs> so one, like I said, when it comes to the kids, but even in frustration, when it comes to something that happened that we're disagreeing on, talking it out, be, using that method has helped us still instill the values into our kids that you don't just blow at each other in public like you just kind of handle stuff together um but not everybody else needs to know that you are you know mad at each other right and you don't need to be explosive to disagree right and it doesn't need to like it's like the mountain turns into a molehill like you don't need to take one little thing and allow it to blow up into this really big thing to where now all of a sudden it ain't even about the bread you left out on the counter. Now it's because you call me an idiot for leaving the bread out on the counter. Now that's fighting words. And we're about to, you know, blow up in that way. Instead of just saying, you know what? You left the bread out. Maybe I'll put it away from you this time. But next time I'm going to probably say something because I'm going to say something. Mm -hmm. Because if I have to clean up after three other people all the time, including myself, it's going to get a bit much. And by the end of the day, he's going to catch it. Well. I think that brings us to our next question. Okay. <laughs> My main point. Oh, for what are some areas that you had to compromise along the way? She just mentioned leaving bread out. I'm going to kind of rewind it back to just general. You take something out, you put it back. You keep stuff neat and in some kind of order. Oh, boy. Mm. My grandpa was in the Navy, so it was tight sheets. Mm. That, that, that's a hard one for me. See, like I said, I'm going to revert back to only child. I have my own room. I could just put stuff everywhere. and Nobody cared until I got to the point where like, all right, I got to clean this up. But when you're living with somebody and they're on the total opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> that was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> that was so nice. <laughs> Very generous. <laughs> and stuff just needs to kind of stay tidy and in order and put away all the time. There was a time where I didn't even notice half of this stuff she was noticing. Like, <laughs> you left. I'm just going to use the bread because, you know, the bread is there. Breakfast is something I always have in the mornings. And that was probably something I was doing all the time. But now the kids do it. So now I get to, you know. It's still in them to where stuff doesn't like it anymore. <laughs> it's not funny anymore. Right. It's not funny anymore because 
One, because I was getting in trouble for what they did. I don't like being in trouble. I fly under the radar. So I had to learn what her pet peeves were. That's when we talk about learning each other. Mm-hmm. Putting stuff away is one of her pet peeves. So I had to be more cognizant of not just letting things flow by and not noticing them and just trying to focus and pay more attention. So, you know, if I see the kids left something out or if I left something out, I try to put it back. But then at the same time, she's learned to have a little bit of grace every now and then. <laughs> every now and then? <laughs> <laughs> to not blow up at one of us for not doing so. And she'll lovingly say, now, you know you left that out. Can you just come put that away? He's like, actually, I didn't know I left that out. But yeah, I don't know why. Matter of fact, we just had one of those conversations via text. A second ago, she's like, hey, you left your socks underneath the chair. Yesterday you, socks. Can you, can you come pick them up when you get in? <laughs> Yesterday socks. <laughs> it's wrong on my part. I admit that. I'm not touching that. But I simply forgot about him. Sorry. You know. That wasn't, I just wasn't touching <laughs> Facts. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, you know, like I said, learning your spouse's pet peeves and being more cognizant of not doing them. Um, that's probably one of the biggest things that helps you get along. It does. So here's, here's my biggest compromise. I come from um, a mom who is serially late to everything. It is one of my pet peeves, isn't it? Ooh. I like being on time. You know, like the, you are on time if you're like five, 10 minutes early on time, not the, oh, I'm showing up at three because it starts at three. Nah. I am casually late to everything. <laughs> everything. And so I, I had to stop being casually <laughs> late to everything. And a big part for me, I was like, what's the big deal? Like, it doesn't matter. It's five, 10 minutes. You'll get there. It's going to be fine. Like, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you, woman? And I just, I didn't know no better. Like, and not to say, mom, you can be mom for the rest of your life. You get a pass. You could be 15 minutes late. Church started at 10.30 every Sunday. She get there at around 10.50. I don't know why. <laughs> he usually is doing cameras at church, so he has to be there early. So I've even learned how to be on time, so he can be on time for that. She still gets there. She will be up when we're up, and she gets there at 10.50. It's impressive. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what did you do? I've been, I've been starting to ask myself, what were you doing that extra 20? Like, I'm asking. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) no lie, y'all. I'm asking. But compromising about being on time when I'm so used to being like, if I have to be there at eight o'clock, then I'm going to get up around 715 and I'm going to like shower and get myself together. I'm usually. No, it takes 45 to actually drive there. Sorry. It's not my turn. (laughs) Continue, darling. So kind. No problem. This is a struggle for me. (laughs) Uh, Timeliness is is a struggle, but I have gotten better. 
And Marcel shows me a little bit more grace. I do. He's still anxious. Try not to show it, though. <laughs> Guess I don't do that that well. <laughs> but it's nice that you're not mad at him. True. I am trying. So that was my, you just like, it was my biggest compromise because I just didn't see the big deal and being a little bit late, unless it was like something extremely important. Like it had to be really important for me to like, even want to be on time. Oh, the one thing she was always on time for. Can't miss those movie credits though. Those movie, pre, pre movie. You were on time for that. I Mm -hmm. hate missing previews. I will skip a show. (laughs) Pre COVID that is. I will skip a show. If I know that I miss credits, I will be mad. I have to settle into that and know what's coming next. It's important stuff. Hey, you like what you like. <laughs> <laughs> you found out about some good stuff along the way. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it helped me because then we weren't late. <laughs> <laughs> that leads us to question number six. <laughs> What advice would you give to other dads? This is a question for you. I'm not a dad. That are learning how to advocate and collaborate. I think the biggest advice I could give, well, a couple of key points. I guess one of the first thing is learning your partner. And like I said, learning their pet peeves to make sure that you're, you know, more cognizant of what they are to avoid little things turning into big things later that don't even correlate together. Um, Second thing I would say is make sure that even when you are having a, you know, disagreement or an argument that nobody is purposely throwing low blows at each other. Um, Make sure you are not demeaning your, your parenting partner or, you know, doing the traditional name calling um, because that just kind of flares things up to another level. Um, even if you have to say, you know what, I can't deal with this right now. We're going to have to bring this back later so that both parties can kind of chill out in their mutual corners for a second and come back. That's, that's definitely a way to go about it. Um, and then just to, to find what works for you as far as your communication style. For us, especially lately with COVID and everything, we've started going on literally long walks, you know, two to five miles at times, depending on how much we got on our mind. And, you know, we're talking, we don't even notice. Um, so that's our way of reconnecting just throughout the day um, or throughout, you know, every couple of days if we don't have time to do one or even a quick, you know, 20 minutes around the block type thing. Just make sure you try to stay connected with your parenting partner um, as far as every day going on, because that'll help, you know, smooth things over when disagreements happen. That's true. Because if you have a space where you're used to being intimate with each other, and I'm not a dad, so this is just my two cents. If you have a space where you're already comfortable, especially for my introverts out there, um, I'm not an introvert, but I do notice that like if you have that space to where you're able to communicate more and get more comfortable with like getting the thoughts that are up here out of out there to That's the speech side talking, yo. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> then it makes it easier when conflict comes. But if you guys aren't used to talking to each other on a day-to-day basis, then it really becomes difficult to talk about major thoughts or major ideas or feelings around things that may pop up. And not just related to sugars, but also related to one another or just 
life in general. Like you want to have that space to be able to intimately share everything with your parenting partner and being comfortable like with that, like as much as we love our friends, like we love our community, um, both sides, um, his friends and mine, like it's, it's all just one big happy family at the end of the day. I'm going to come to him first before (laughs) I go to my friends, before I go to anybody else, just to make sure that we are continuing to work together to connect and make our family unit work. And not only that, we're making sure that we're modeling for our little sugars, like what we want them to do um, and how we want them to behave and how we want them to one day interact with with their parenting partner, with their spouse, we want to make sure that we were good models of what it looks like to get those thoughts and ideas across and to be cool with the fact that you're not going to agree on everything. Like it's impossible. Sometimes it's okay to just disagree on a situation or how a situation was handled. You know, just to let it be that, not to hold animosity behind it, but I don't agree with what you did that, but it's, it's basically one of those things where it's over now and we'll move forward knowing how each other feels about it later. Right. That's true. And even being cool with that in like, like he said, not having that animosity of sometimes it's just going to be a stalemate and you're just going to be like, I don't agree. Like I hear you and you heard me, but I still don't agree. Mm-hmm. But thank you for sharing. <laughs> and not even in like a, a sarcastic, like passive way, but like, no, I really appreciate that you shared that with me, but I still don't quite see it that way. Yet we're going to continue to move forward. We're not going to let this one thing hinder progress. Right. So with all that being said, I think we've come to the conclusion of it's cool not to agree. I think you agree with that. It's cool with you. I think so. Cool me. Where's me? Point two, make a decision and try to find some mutual ground. Point three, finding mutual ground. This is the hardest part. It requires listening and compromising on everybody's part. Correct. You can be so stuck in wanting to be right that it leaves out your partner's space to give their perspective. And then that's where compromise doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Definitely for the one that is more of the talkative one or the one that is more forward with their feelings, it definitely takes the listening ear to really hear or feel what your partner's saying, even you know, looking at body language while they're talking about something, um, you pick up on really how they're feeling, even if their words aren't a lot. Disagreeing with your parenting partner doesn't allow you to throw them under the bus. Like, seriously, don't do it. It's not fun. No low blows, y'all. We've done a lot of things, but rarely does think that. Yeah, very, very rare occasions. It has to be something big. Yeah. Like, really big for any kind of names to be called. And it's been, oof. Are pretty much our adult life together. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That couldn't have been that long. We ain't that old. <laughs> no. We'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, try to resolve things together. Like, seriously. Try first together. Try as hard as you can together. But if it's beyond your ability, it's okay to get help from a professional. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. We have definitely had our own individual professional help and group professional help. And it's 
when we talk about learning ourselves, especially the individual sessions, has let us really know about ourselves so that we can then see the other person better. Because we needed help. We did need help. <laughs> We're comfortable with that. I thank her every day <laughs> for that help she provided. <laughs> uh, but just being cool with that and not feeling like you are emasculating yourself or you are demeaning yourself because you need a moderator to come in and see something from another perspective. Because that's seriously all it is. It's somebody else coming in and giving perspective to help you guys move along and to help you individually move along to be better, not only for yourself, but for your parenting partner and your little sugars, but mainly for yourself and for your parenting partner because little sugars in them, they're going to be gone at some point. So you guys better make sure that you're good here and here so you can be prepared when they are here. Mm -hmm. That's a different, that's a different story for a different day. But just be cool with that and be open to that. You know, people still have mixed feelings around that. It's becoming more popular now to where people are good with getting outside support. Outside support, again, from a professional, not my friends in them. Yeah, your friends in them are going to side with you, most likely. Yes. Unless you've just totally left and they're the voice of reason for you. But still, professional can help see things in you that you may not even notice. Neutral party. Yeah. That's it for us. That's it. You got anything? I don't got nothing else. Closing thoughts, remarks. Other than I'm still surprised she got me behind this camera, but you know. He did great, didn't he? <laughs> he did great. He had a blast. Look at this it's guy. It's always fun. Like I said, she she is my best friend. Yeah. This ain't no play thing, y'all. We worked hard for this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, jeez. It's all about choice. It's, it's a choice. Choosing it every day. You did have a closing thought. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> this parenting partner thing is about choice. It's about choosing to parent together every day. Yeah. It really is. Everything's a choice. So, Mr. Eh. No Closing. See how that went. Anyway, join me next week, y'all. Part two. We just don't agree. But, Pumpkin, you're not going to be here for that. I got to put back on my speech cap. Okay. So we're going to be talking about diagnosis, execution, outcomes, and how sometimes that can bring a whole nother layer of disagreement. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to flesh it out. It's going to be great. Parenting Partners, this is an episode that you do not want to miss. I cannot wait to see you guys there. Also, if you have not done so yet, join the interest list. Go to I've got this kid.com and find under, I believe, the grow section, um, watch me connecting to your child through play. What are you guys waiting for? Go ahead and sign up for the interest list. We're getting stuff together for that. I cannot wait. It's going to be just life-changing, giving you guys different perspective on how to connect, grow, and learn with your sugars. That's what we're all about here. And connecting sometimes means we focus on the sugars and sometimes it means simply focusing on ourselves because, well, we're all a family, so we want to make sure everything is good there, y'all. Don't be a stranger. Send in those questions to questions at I've got this kid.com. Until the next time, world changers, take care. <laughs>